I hope by now that, that, that you're starting to understand that God is speaking. Uh, he doesn't usually yell. Uh, some people might wish that he would, uh, might just think, well, if God would just holler it out to me, then I'll catch it and I'll be on my way and that's good. But if, if that's you and if that's what you're thinking, you've kind of, kind of missed the whole point. Because God doesn't usually yell, he usually whispers. And the reason that he does that, I think primarily is so that we'll get quiet. And we'll turn off the other voices and the noises around us. And we'll get close. And we'll lean in. And we'll listen. And we'll let him speak across our souls. I think the main point of hearing God's voice is not necessarily to get direction that we'll receive, but, but, but for the relationship that we'll enjoy. God is speaking not just to uh, give us information. He's speaking so that we can build a relationship with him. And so I hope that you've been intentionally seeking to hear the voice of God in your life as we've, we've been working through this and, and, uh, and, and the, uh, the, 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 series is called Whisper, and it's based on this book that I read uh, a couple of months back by Mark Batterson, uh, Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God. We'll put that right there, so in case you forget and you want to go on and order it on Kindle right now and start reading it instead of listening to the sermon, that's fine, that's good, good. Don't go on Facebook, but you could go here and, and do that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a great uh, book. Obviously, we're uh, just, just using that as kind of our springboard to uh, start to understand how God uh, works and interacts with us. Um, and, uh, I, I think it gives some fundamental... It's not necessarily anything earth-shattering or maybe even anything different, but I, I think that, that the information that, that, uh, uh, that, that it talks about and that I've been talking about, I think maybe we know it. Some of us maybe know it, but maybe we're just not practicing it. Or, um, or uh, you know, it's, 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 it's not that God isn't speaking. He is speaking. Uh, God wants us to hear him. He has great plans for us. Uh, he, he can see the way ahead, and so he wants to help us see the way ahead. It's not a God is silent problem. If you're not hearing the voice of God, it's not a God is silent problem. I think primarily it's a we're not silent problem. Right, I remember. Um, I remember many times hiking in the woods. I remember going uh, at, at times, maybe with a group of people, and we're all, you know, going around and, and hoofing it down the path and having a great time and and, and, and walking and, and you know telling stories and and uh, you know goofing off and all those kinds of things. And I remember maybe somebody heard something uh, and they they were like, Shh, "Everybody, quiet, quiet, uh, listen to that." And all, you know, so then the noise kind of dies down. Maybe you've had this experience, you're not, you're out in the middle of the woods and, and, and kind of dies down and, and people stop horsing around a little bit and, and they stop talking and everything, everything kind of gets quiet. And you hear a bird over here and then you hear one answer over there and you hear the, the wind uh, blow through the tops of the trees and the, and the, and the leaves are blowing and maybe a, a chipmunk runs across the ground and, and, um, uh, maybe uh, uh, another critter or a snap of a twig and you look over and, and it's just amazing, the buzzing of, of, uh, of, of insects and all, and, and all these sounds. Now, uh, is it that none of those things were happening until you got quiet? Uh, was it that the bird was sitting up in the tree waiting? Oh, oh, they, they quieted down now. I can sing because they'll be listening, right? All those things were happening all along. We just couldn't hear them because we were too busy having a good time bebopping around, right? Now, nothing wrong with having a good time bebopping around, but, but uh, it wasn't that those things hadn't been happening. We just didn't stop and notice. God is speaking, 
And he wants you to hear him, but you have to stop and notice. <laughs> have to listen. Have to get quiet and lean in. And so that's kind of the, the, the baseline, the foundation of this, of this series and what we've been talking about. Last week, I, I told you that the most reliable way that God speaks, the most reliable way that we can, we can uh, lean in and hear from God is through the pages of Scripture, through the Bible, right? And so God has given us uh, His Word, uh, capital W, the, the words of God from, from cover to cover on the, the pages of Scripture. It, it's a gift, the inspired Word of God for us. Uh, but we have to get quiet and notice. We have to... Listen, we ha- in other words, we have to open it, right? We have to read it. Uh, we have the word of God at our fingertips, but we have to be listening. Last week we said, we're, as we're reading through, we, we, we're, we need to be listening for the quickening, right? And so the Holy Spirit quickens our hearts as we read his word and, and brings things to mind because the, whole, the, the, the Bible is, is living and active. And, and, and so, so, uh, so we have God's word. Uh, I also told you last week that there are many ways that, that God speaks. Hebrews 1, 1 says that, that uh, God has, has been speaking down through history in many, uh, at many times and in various ways, right? And, and those ways are, are kind of crazy. Uh, this book, uh, and, and, this series, we're kind of going to look at seven. So we've got scripture, and then there are there are several other ways that uh, pretty common ways that God speaks, and, and, and we need to be looking for those things. And they all kind of overlap and work together. And, and uh, usually if God speaks in one way, we can also hear the same message uh, two or three other ways as, was, as we're looking and, and trying to figure out and dis- discern what God is, uh, what God is saying. Uh, scripture is first. And so nothing that God says through any of these other things we're going to talk about, uh, nothing of it, not, it won't contradict scripture. So, uh, so there's so many things that, that we don't even have to pray about. God, what, where do you want me to, what do you want? Well, let's see. I'm considering spreading rumors about my brother. I don't think I have to pray about that, right? Uh, because it's already here. No, you're not going to do that. I'm considering shoplifting this afternoon. No, you don't have... So, so there's, there's all sorts of options that are already taken out because we have uh, God's word on the pages of, uh, of Scripture. Uh, and, and what he's leading us to do uh, in other ways will not contradict the principles that he's laid out in Scripture. And so we, I, I've told you the, the other six ways that, uh, that, that, that we'll be talking about that God speaks is desires, dreams, and doors, people, promptings, and pain. So this week we're going to cover the first three of those, and then next time we'll uh, cover the, the last three. So desires, dreams, and doors. And maybe you'll notice in your outline there's, there's kind of uh, just kind of open ended there. There's a few blanks to fill in, but maybe not as much as usual. That's because there's a whole lot of stuff that's going to be poured out, and, uh, and uh, you can just take notes wherever and whenever and however. There'll be stuff up on the screen, but not necessarily a whole lot of blanks to fill in today. Um, so the first one is desires. Uh, Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We all have desires, things that we want, things that we're drawn to. Uh, but I need to, I guess, give this caveat up front. There are some desires that we might have that aren't necessarily 
holy desires, right? Uh, We have some desires where we're drawn towards sinful things. That's not what we're talking about here. God is not in the business of of condoning sin. Uh, And also, I'm not saying that that if you just listen close enough, God will give you whatever you want. Uh, So so don't hear that this morning. But there are some things that we're drawn to, uh, the ways that God has made us and and, and who we are, and we're drawn to these, these, uh, these deep desires, and God wants... To, uh, to, 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 to bless us with those things. Um, psychologist Abraham Maslow has said, a musician must make music, a builder must build, an artist must paint, a poet must write if he is to be ultimately at peace with himself. Now Maslow uh, didn't bring in the, uh, the, the God factor into it, but, but, but I, I agree with that perspective. We're born with certain gifts and talents. We're given uh, uh, abilities and, 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 and we have certain personalities. We're drawn toward accomplishing certain things. We're, well, and each of us is, is different and, and and so we have to ask ourselves, well, what are my God-given desires? It could very well be that because I've, I have this innate desire and draw toward this type of thing, that God is leading me in that direction. God leads us or speaks to us through our desires. Luke 18, 41, a, a blind man came to Jesus and, and, uh, and, and Jesus had been healing people and teaching and all that. And, and, and the blind man comes and you just figure that, that Jesus is going to do a little, you know, do what he's been doing. And, and, and instead, Jesus, before he heals this guy, he says, what do you want me to do for you? To which I say, um, Jesus, come on, isn't it obvious? He's blind. You've been healing people. He wants to, uh, he wants you to heal him. I mean, that's just how it is. Why would Jesus, uh, ask that question? I think it, it underlines a, a great point that, that, that Jesus wants to know what we want. <laughs> he wants to know the desires of our hearts so he can grant the desires of our hearts. So if Jesus came to you and said, what do you want me to do for you? Would you have an answer for that? Do you really know what you want? Maybe over the next couple of minutes, you'll start finding out what you want, what you really really want. Maybe I'll tell you what you want. What you, ah, we don't want to get into that. That's, that's a whole other song, and I don't think we want to go there. But uh, delight in the Lord. I think that's, uh, that's a key component here. So in, in Psalm 34 there, it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. So we have to make sure that we're delighting in the Lord first and foremost. Uh, years ago, uh, the, the church in the Westminster Shorter Catechism started off by, by saying, what is the purpose of humanity? And they said that our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Are you enjoying God? Are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Sometimes people see church and religion as, as boring and dull, something to, to walk through because they think they, they, they have to. And, and I think they'd be right. Religion is boring and dull. But uh, Jesus ripped on religion all the time. But a relationship with God is full of joy and fulfillment. And, and it's abundant life, more and better life than we've ever dreamed. We've talked about this, uh, of who we are and what we're doing. We live to love people to life, the abundant life that, that, that God God brings. They say back in the day, I think it was the Puritans uh, would uh, would bring someone in if they were suspecting them of sinful behavior, <laughs> and they would uh, they would ask them, um, "Let me see, I, did you take pleasure in it? Whatever they had done, did you take pleasure in it?" I picture them looking down their noses, and, and the answer, if the answer was yes, I, I enjoyed it, I took pleasure in it, and it must be sin. And they would uh, they would excommunicate whatever they did. Uh, and I think that's completely wrong. God is, uh, 
God is not in the business of getting rid of our pleasure. He wants to give us joy and pleasure his way. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your... Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Delight yourself in the Lord. Jesus, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, said it this way, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. God's message for us is always a message of life and a message of, of love. Jesus came so we could experience that life. We do that as we confess our sin and we follow God, as we delight ourselves in the Lord and what he wants. And as we do that, as we lean in, he speaks to us and he grants the desires of our hearts. And we're drawn toward certain things, accomplishing certain things, being a certain way, drawn toward certain relationships, certain jobs, certain hobbies. As he draws us toward those things, then then we sense his leadership in that. And I know for me, as the more I delight myself in the Lord, the, the more he tweaks and, and changes and, and, and shifts my desires. And so uh, maybe sanctifies my desires. God speaks through our desires. The first step in finding those things is, is to get to know him. I think the next thing is to get to know ourselves. We, we need to know who we are and how God has made us. Um, what, what am I like? What am I good at? What would other people say that I'm good at? Uh, what, where have I seen positive results in the past? Uh, we look at what, we're, what you're passionate about. Uh, Batterson talks about looking at what makes you mad, what makes you sad, and what makes you glad. What do you pound the table over because of the injustice? Or, or it, it's just, oh, I can't believe that that, those passionate things. Now, last week, I know that I kind of downplayed the whole emotional thing. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yet, emotions are still part of sensing God's direction in our lives. They just can't be the number one factor driving uh, our hearing of God's voice. We can't say, well, because I feel it, that must be God, but emotions still play a role. And so, so there's this holy anger that we might have or this sadness or, or joy that we experience. Uh, in, again, in the book, Batterson writes this, to ignore those emotions is to ignore God's voice. God speaks through our tears, tears of sadness or tears of joy. Tears are clues that help us identify God-ordained desires. So does righteous indignation. If, if we don't get mad at injustice, then our emotions aren't fine-tuned to the Heavenly Father. Those emotions must be channeled in the right way, but without them, evil goes unchecked. Our hearts should break for the things that break the heart of God, but they should also skip a beat. Whether it's the voice of sadness, anger, or gladness, don't ignore those emotions. God is speaking to you through them. Our desires. Just a couple of things, and in each one of these, I'm going to try to give you just a few tips of, uh, of maybe how to tease this out in your life as, you're, as you get quiet and you start thinking, well, God, how have you for me, and, and what are these desires, and, and where are you leading me? Uh, one, one tip here as we're, we're walking through this is uh, you need to recognize that it's not about you. And sometimes we, we have these desires and we have these passions and so we kind of put ourselves to the forefront and it's about us and it's about me accomplishing this for God. And it's not about that. It's not my kingdom come, my will be done. It's God's kingdom come and his will be done. And so uh, some of these things could turn into self-promotion. Well, I'm good at this and, it, and we say we've got to keep that, uh, we've got to stay humble. Another thing we need to do is we can't obsess over it. We can't just uh, keep dwelling. Sometimes we, we want the desire so much that we want what we want more than we want God who might grant the desire. 
and that turns into idolatry because what we want is this, and we think, well, if I don't get this, then and and we've got to seek God first and then allow him to grant the desires of our hearts. Uh, kind of said this before, maybe this is in a different way. Emotions make great servants, but terrible masters. So emotions are involved, but we need to be aware that, 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 uh, that, that they're not in charge, that they're, they're not the, the ones running the show. And then I think another thing, and this is probably true for all of this, we're going to get better at this over time. Uh, this is going to be something that as you walk with God and as you begin to sense, uh, Him leading and guiding, uh, that, uh, that, that, that you'll begin to, it'll get easier over time. God speaks through our desires. What do you want him to do for you? Desires. The next one is dreams. Uh, I'm not one to remember my dreams hardly at all. I'm sure I dream. There are times when I uh, remember my dreams. Usually I don't. Um, the, uh, the women folk in my family, the females of my family, remember their dreams vividly. And, uh, and, and uh, we, we hear about some of those dreams at the breakfast table sometimes. But I've never been one to give much credence, though, to, uh, to, to, to dreams, the significance of what we might dream uh, and how that ha- might have significance in the, in the real world. But I don't know if you've, you've noticed in the Bible, but God speaks through dreams a lot. I, I mean, it's in there a lot. Uh, again, Batterson says, there is no dialect that God speaks more fluently or frequently in Scripture than through dreams. Kind of interesting and in how we've kind of just pushed that off to the side. Uh, just a few examples. Jacob in the Old Testament uh, uh, dreamed a dream in Bethel. And, uh, and it changed his whole life and where, where his whole life was heading. Jacob uh, called Israel and was the father of, uh, of the nation of Israel. Uh, Jacob's son Joseph had, a lot of, had dreams of his own and was ridiculed for those, but they came true. And, and then uh, through a whole course of events, he, he actually interpreted several dreams and those came true and, and really charted the course for what God was doing uh, in and through his life. Uh, King Solomon uh, had a dream. God spoke to him and asked him what he wanted. And he said, I want wisdom. And he became the the the, the wisest person uh, uh, in in that time and probably whoever lived. Uh, so Sol- but that all happened through a dream that he had with God. Uh, Daniel in the Old Testament uh, interpreted dreams and uh, and helped direct uh, governments and and people in those governments. Um, the prophet Isaiah was called by God through a vision. He's in the, all of a sudden he's in the temple and he's seeing all this crazy stuff and and uh, angels and and uh, smoke and God and and all these things. And it was a vision in the temple where God called him to be a prophet. Uh, the baby Jesus was was saved twice by, through dreams. Joseph's dreams. Joseph had a dream first to to say you need to marry uh, uh, Mary uh, and uh, go ahead with this, even though it doesn't look like it's all uh, going to work out right. And uh, and then later, after Jesus was born, uh, Joseph uh, had a dream that they needed to flee to Egypt to avoid Herod's uh, sword. And sure enough, that's what they did. At the same time, another dream came to the wise men and told them to go home through another route so that uh, so that. Herod wouldn't get them to uh, dream after dream after dream. The Apostle Paul uh, had a vision of a man uh, calling out from Macedonia, and Paul had a couple of other ideas. He was going to go here, and he's going to go here, but because of this dream, he went there, and God blessed his ministry in Macedonia. Uh, Peter, the Apostle Peter, had a dream on his patio. He's uh, getting ready for lunch, and he had a dream about food. Anybody else ever? Yeah. See, I think that God is speaking. Maybe right now, God is speaking about lunch to you. No, uh, Peter had a dream, and it 
it actually took three times uh, before Peter kind of got it. But at the same time, during the same way, God had had, had uh, spoken to this uh, this Roman guy Cornelius and. Um, and he had had a dream to send for Peter, and it all kind of came, it was kind of a, a, a dual action dream, so to speak, and God spoke through the whole thing. So over and over and over and over and over again through scripture, God spoke to people through dreams and visions. And we tend to downplay those things today, uh, but I guess I have to ask myself, should we? Um, and, and again, we need to kind of, we'll, we'll look at how we might be able to tease those things out some. Acts 2.17, uh, the, the, the prophet Joel, uh, Peter quoting the prophet Joel says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So if you're seeing visions, you're young. And if you're having dreams, then you're, no, that's not what we're pulling out of that. But we tend to dismiss this, uh, God spoke through dreams in the Bible. I believe if God did it in the Bible, uh, he can do it now. Uh, not just can do it, but probably is doing it now. And so here are a few tips maybe that uh, so we can discern if a dream or a vision is from God or if it's just heartburn and uh, we didn't eat the right thing before we went to sleep. I think we need to use the other ways that God speaks to us in order to flesh out our dreams, right? I, I don't think we can just take a, one dream all by itself and say this was God. Obviously, it's got to go through Scripture, and if it's contradicting anything in Scripture, then that's not a God dream. But uh, also some of these other ways uh, that, that, that we're talking about, uh, I, I think it's going to be multiple ways and, and, and be confirming some of those things. Um, I think it's also important, and as we look through some of the dreams in Scripture, they didn't quite understand them right away. And some of them didn't even know that it was God speaking until later until things maybe came to pass and, and then they realized that it was. And so uh, it's not always immediately discernible. And so we need to kind of let it simmer sometimes and, and kind of figure those things out. Um, and, and here's one more thing. Um, if you want to establish God's reputation, you might have to risk yours. So sometimes if you really sense that it's God working and, and uh, maybe it was even through a dream, uh, it, it can be a humbling experience because people might say, yeah, um, yeah, okay, God spoke to you in your dream, great, good. Um, it might not make a lot of sense to people who haven't had the dream or the vision, but if you're convinced that God is speaking and it's confirmed that, then it might, you, your pride might take a hit but it's always better to uh, risk your reputation and establish God's reputation. So the closer you are to God, the more you are listening to him, the more you're leaning into him, the easier it will be to discern God's voice, even through a dream. Desires, dreams, now let's talk about doors. I, th I think other than following our emotions and what we feel like, I think maybe this is uh, the other most popular way of saying that God spoke to me uh, because we say, oh, it was a, and this is the spiritual way to say it, I guess, an open door. God opened the door. I don't want to diminish that whatsoever because God does indeed speak that way and many times that's very clear and, and a lot of times that's, that's maybe what pushes us over the top. We're sensing it here, we're reading it here and then the opportunity presents itself and so we step through. Revelation chapter 3, John tells us about Jesus. He's the one who, who leads his people by opening doors. Revelation 3, uh, these are the words of him who is holy and true who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Uh, the, the, the key 
is to discern what the doors are that Jesus has opened or closed as opposed to uh, things that maybe we've, we've forced open or closed. Or maybe it's just an opportunity, but it's not where God is, is leading us. I, I think these things are important as we think about it. Just because something is possible does not make it God's will. Just because something seems impossible doesn't mean it's not God's will. So, so we've got to tease this out. It's not just, oh, the opportunity is there. That must be God. I'm going to take the job. I'm going to move here. I'm going to go there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to not marry this. It, 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 it's not just because of the opportunity. Uh, we have to listen for God to speak in a variety of ways in order to confirm that's, that it's his voice and not just a bad idea. So a, a few tips about open doors, closed doors, God leading us through doors. Open doors, as we just saw in that little clip, open doors might just lead to other doors. I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but a lot of times if I'm seeking God's direction and I sense an opportunity and I, yeah, okay, this is an open door, I'm going to step through it, then all of a sudden in my mind, okay, I'm stepping through that because this and this and this, and God's going to use me here and do that and do this and do that and do that. And, and, and it might not be it at all. It might just be that first step. And then all of a sudden, oh, now there's another open door over here and I need to go through that one. And then there's another. It's a lot of times that, that, that some doors may just be leading to other doors. Here's another important thing I think about doors. Don't pray for open doors unless you're also willing to accept closed doors. Closed doors are just as important in guiding our paths as open doors are. If our deepest desire is to hear and obey God's voice, then we'll be thankful for both open doors and closed doors because that guides us where God wants us to be. And I think it's also important for us to realize that there's a time factor involved here. God opens doors at the right times. God's timing is always best. I, again, maybe it's just me, but I always get in a hurry. And I want to force doors open. Oh, it's open a crack. Let's just burst through that and uh, make God work in this. <laughs> we try to help God makes, by making something happen. Uh, theologian A.T. Peterson sa- or Pearson said this, We can afford to wait as long as he can. For it is his work, way, and time that are of all consequences. If, therefore, guidance does not at once come, it is safer to wait till it does. A step taken too soon may be a step taken amiss. So it might be that God is going to open that door, but let's wait for his timing and not just force it open. So ultimately, with open doors and opportunities or with any of these things, uh, we're we're really trying to discern the voice of God. It's another way of of saying that we're hearing uh, God's voice. We're trying to have supernatural insight on uh, on what steps to take, on on what to do next, on on how to live. Uh, Maybe uh, in uh, a way to say it, we want to be picking up what God is laying down, right? We want to sense where he's leading and what he's saying. And so, uh, again, I said there's going to be a lot of lists and a bunch of things. Just, uh, just four things here real quick as we, as, we, um, as we wrap up for the morning. Four ways that we can test if something is, uh, is, is God's will or not. Put it through the take your breath away test. Hearing God's voice should make our hearts skip a beat. 
Uh, now, I'm not always saying that that, that always happens. Again, we've got we've to tease this out, but because uh, uh, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do, and, and it's not necessarily all that exciting and woo. Yes, i got to go take the trash out. No, uh, but the trash still needs to be taken out, and so I need to do that. But, uh, but, but uh, when we hear God's voice, when God opens the doors, when he uh, plants that desire within us and we sense him moving, uh, when, when he's speaking to us, it, it's not just drudgery, it's delight. <laughs> doors take your breath, uh, doors and, and, and dreams and, and desires, they, they take our breath away as God is speaking. Put it through the take your breath away test. Put it through the released to and, uh, released from and called to test. Because many times I, I think uh, when God opens doors, he closes other doors at the same time. If you see an opportunity on the horizon, but you don't feel released from where you are right now, then don't jump yet. Wait for not only to be released, to go where, where you sense God is leading you, but to be released from where you are. God will not call you to something new, uh, except when he simultaneously releases you from where you are. This has happened, uh, many times for me, uh, throughout, uh, ministry and in, in ministry positions where, uh, even as we, uh, uh, before we ever knew what Medina Church of the Nazarene was, serving as uh, youth pastors in um, in Kansas, uh, but really sensed probably for six months uh, that the next step was going to be something into a, uh, a lead pastor role instead of, uh, and, and we weren't even looking for a next step, and we loved where we were, and, and yet that prepared us for the fact that out of the blue we got a phone call and, and walked through the process, and, and not only, it was simultaneously not only being called to, but also released from where we were. Uh, one more, uh, a couple more things. One is the crazy test. Uh, over and over again in scripture, we see that God calls people to things that just sa- almost sound impossible. God uh, calls us to things beyond our logic, beyond our resources, even beyond our faith. We can't do it without his divine intervention, and it may seem crazy. And, and if that's where you're at, it just might be God's voice. Noah, I mean, it's crazy to build a boat in the middle of the desert when it had never rained before, right? Crazy. Uh, Sarah was uh, 90 years old when she found out she was uh, uh, needed to start shopping for maternity clothes. Kind of crazy, walking into Dillard's, uh, shopping for maternity clothes at age 90, right? Was there Dillard? Probably not Dillard, okay. The wise men traveling uh, halfway across the known world following a star to go seek out this baby king, pretty crazy, wild stuff. Uh, 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 Peter stepping out of a perfectly good boat onto a perfectly deep lake. (laughs) Uh, Pretty crazy stuff. Be ready to look a little crazy if you're planning on hearing and following God's voice. And and then one more thing, and this may be the most important thing in all of this, and that is the peace test. Do you have a peace about the direction and about the decision? Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Isaiah 32.17, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. That's really what we're, we're looking for in all this, is we're discerning, is this God's voice or not? Am I hearing God or am I just uh, coming up with this on my own? Or is it just an opportunity, but, but it's not God leading? Is, am I sensing that peace that settles down in my soul, that, that, that uh, uh, goes beyond my own understanding? Am I sensing God's direction, that quietness and confidence? I love that in Isaiah 32. I remember uh, in, uh, in college, I was wrestling with the call to ministry. I mean, I was, I was a business major and a soccer player. And I wasn't uh, 
I wasn't one of those guys wearing the suits and carrying the briefcases to class. I mean, they were the guys we secretly made fun of, maybe a little bit. We weren't allowed to do that, were we? Maybe we did anyway, I don't know. And yet I sensed God speaking and saying, hey, uh, this whole ministry thing might be, might be where you need to go. And the better part of a year wrestled back and forth and no way and this can't be and I'm not gonna and no way and, and, and no, not gonna do that. And at the same time, we're uh, dating the love of my life but deciding, you know, getting married and all of that and deciding uh, different decisions for the future and all those kinds of things. And I remember around that time, I remember being in a, in a, in a church service and the, the speaker was Dr. Uh, uh, Earl Lee. Uh, pastor, well-known pastor in Church of the Nazarene has since passed away, but uh, he spoke that night. I don't remember a whole lot about the sermon, but I, but I do remember that at the end of that sermon, he, he uh, gave the chance for us to, uh, to, to come forward and pray if we sensed God speaking, and I sensed that nudge of the Holy Spirit that I'm sure many of you have sensed and can relate to where, where God says, hey, I'm speaking to you, and, and let's, let's talk about some things. And so I went down to the altar. It was on this side, a uh, huge auditorium, and, and I, uh, I, I knelt, and I was praying, and I felt a hand on my back, a really big big hand because Dr. Earl Lee was really big. And, uh, and, and I looked up and, and there he was and he asked me how he could pray for me. And I told him a little bit about uh, the, the things I was wrestling with and, 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 and what, I was, uh, what I was doing. And he pulled out his, his Bible, a really big Bible to match his really big hands. And he, he, he turned right there to Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. And he read those words, the fruit of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever and he said when you sense God's voice and we get to the heart of 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 what he wants for you there will be this overwhelming peace a peace that passes all understanding quietness and not not all anxious not wondering oh is this the way should I it's that quietness and I remember spending time at that altar praying folks in the past probably would call it praying through until that peace settled in my heart and I knew where I needed to go, and I knew what I needed to do, and I, and I knew who I needed to marry, and, and I knew that it was God speaking. We're, we're trying to put these things through that peace test, ultimately. Am, am, I, am I sensing the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, that it will guide me, and it will guard me? As, as you're trying to get clarity on what God is saying to you, whether in scripture or whether through one of these things we've talked about today, uh, make sure it passes the peace test. That, that quietness and confidence will take you far in following the voice of God. Nothing can deter you when you have that solid rock. I know that God said this, and no matter how hard it gets, I gotta do this because God said it. I know we've been all over the place today and I know we've gone long and, and all of that stuff. I guess my challenge is as it has been the last couple of weeks. God doesn't usually yell. He usually whispers and he does that not so we can just get information from him but so that we'll lean in and we'll get close and we'll know him more. And when we know him more, we can sense his spirit speaking across our soul. And sometimes that comes as he, he quickens the words of scripture. And sometimes that comes as we get to know who, he, who we are and who he's made us to be. And, and we have this deep desire, this passion to go pursue something. And, and it's God speaking through that. Sometimes it might be something as wild and crazy as having a dream or a vision. 
still happens. Or it might be opportunities, open doors or closed doors that guide, whatever it is, lean in, get quiet, get close. Deeply desire the peace of God to settle on your heart. Father God, what a, what a joy it is to walk in your peace. Lord, I, I pray that you would, uh, you would guide each one of us. And uh, all of us uh, are, have, have experienced you in, in a multitude of, uh, of ways at different times. Maybe we don't even recognize some of those things, but we know that your fingerprints are all over our, heart, are, uh, all over our hearts and lives. Lord, there have been times when you have spoken to us and we've missed it. There are times when you have spoken to us and we've been cautious. There are probably times when you've spoken and we've jumped in with both feet and never turned back. Lord, I pray that you would guide us. And certainly all across this room, we're, we're, uh, we're sensing your, uh, your voice in our lives. We want to sense your voice in our lives. I pray that you'll help us to discern you that we'll get rid of the other noises, that we'll be able to settle in and get quiet and get close. And maybe through one of these things we've talked about today, you're gonna start speaking to us and you're gonna whisper your will into our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to hear you. I pray that you'll help us to lean in and get quiet. I pray that, that as we hear you, that we will respond with an overwhelming yes. And we will do whatever you desire for us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence here today. We pray that as we go from here, we will go knowing that we are representing you in the world where we live this week. In Jesus' name we pray.